blue wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. Running around, circling, oh look out! Folks, we have a problem, and I don't know how we're going to fix it, because we're getting mixed messages from our Miami Dolphins, and that's what we're going to talk about here today on the show. Welcome to Fin It to Win It. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Kyle Krabs, lead editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, lifelong Dolphins fan, and right now I'm very confused. Um... There's been a lot of rumors surrounding the Dolphins and potential trade in interest as a team uh, over the course of the last 36, 48 hours or so. And that's predominantly what I want to talk about today because something's not something's not adding up. When you consider where the Dolphins are as an organization, where they were last year, where they said they wanted to go, what they've done since, and now what these actions are suggesting. A lot of mixed messages. And I really I I don't know the best way to sort through the trash other than to just start at the beginning and we'll work our way through. So here's like the surface level situation with the Miami Dolphins, right? The Dolphins fire Adam Gase, uh, fire Mike Tannenbaum, elevate Chris Greer to the head honcho who reports directly to Steven Ross. Because Chris Greer has a, quote, vision for the team. And he he has a vision for how the Dolphins should construct their roster. And it's something different than what they've been doing in the past. And that's a big deal because Miami's been chasing their tail for the last decade since Stephen Ross bought the team. Great. So then they go through their interview process. They wait for Brian Flores uh, and, and hire Brian Flores the day after the Patriots win the Super Bowl. And from there, uh, the Dolphins have kind of given the impression that, like, well, this is going to be a multi-year rebuild. We need time. We're going to put emphasis on draft capital and build through the draft. We're not going to be big spenders in free agency. We're going to change our approach. And from my perspective as a draft guy, that sounds awesome, right? Okay, sign me up. That's great. So the Dolphins trade Ryan Tannehill for a fourth-round pick, and they they trade uh, Robert Quinn for pennies on the dollar. Uh, they let Cam Wake walk. They let Danny Amendola walk. They let Frank Gore walk. Um, you see a bunch of veterans on this team that effectively overachieved with their win-loss record last year. bunch of veterans off this team, uh, they all walk out the front door. No problem with it because the objective and the, and the long-term goal is the focus on building through the NFL draft. Team signs Ryan Fitzpatrick to be the bridge quarterback. Great. We go into the draft, no interest in quarterbacks. They draft Christian Wilkins on the first day and then, oop, team trades back in the second round to the late second round. Josh Rosen still available. And then the team trades that traded back second round pick. 
that they turned into two second round picks effectively. They traded back and turned it into a second round this year and a second round next year. They took the 2019 and they traded it along with the fifth round pick for Josh Rosen. No problem with that move whatsoever. I think that's a great low risk, high reward payout for the Miami Dolphins to invest in Josh Rosen when everything around him was so bad. Makes you wonder, okay, you know, this can still be part of a long-term process. And, you know, they'll let Rosen play. And if they don't like what they see from Rosen, well, then they'll get back in on the quarterback market next year. And that's the general thought process throughout the last couple of months until recently when the Dolphins start making some phone calls. And uh, they're very very clear they're not going to hand the job to Josh Rosen, but they're also very clear they want to win. But they want to have their cake and eat it too because they want to win this year. So that's why... All of a sudden, the Dolphins are making a phone call to the Washington Redskins asking about the availability of Trent Williams. And apparently, they're involved in conversations with the Houston Texans for defensive end Jadavion Clowney. And then, here's the kicker. Armando Salguero from the Miami Herald kind of throws cold water on the report of the Dolphins being engaged in Clowney conversations. And here's the reason why. It's not the fact that they may not make a deal happen. It's the justification that was presented to Armando Salguero that just made it makes me very confused. Armando said, well, the Dolphins don't want to get involved in the clowny market, not because it would make them too competitive or not because it would uh, be a big financial investment or any other reason than the Dolphins don't want to trade one of their first or second round picks for Jadavion Clowney because they need that to trade up for a 2020 quarterback. Folks, if you've married yourself to drafting a 2020 quarterback and you want to have your cake and eat it too by being a competitive football team in 2019, why did you trade for Josh Rosen? The entire appeal of trading for Josh Rosen was this was a lottery ticket that you were going to punch in and say, look, I got a second round pick this year. I'm going to finance that second round pick for 12 months, bring in Josh Rosen. And if he plays well, we like what we see in the evaluation process, then we don't need a quarterback. And now, reportedly, we're in August. We've played one preseason game. And Jadavion Clowney is on the chopping block for the Houston Texans as a potential trade target that the Dolphins could use a late second round pick for and try and entice the Houston Texans to make a deal. Now, if the Houston Texans said, no, pounce in, we want the first round pick, then yeah, Houston can, you know, go try someone else effectively. But if you mean to tell me the New Orleans Saints pick, which is going to be a late Second round pick, high 50s at the absolute best case scenario for the Dolphins. You refuse to trade that pick when you want to be competitive this year and build towards the future. Because you need that second round pick to trade up in the draft to draft a quarterback because you're trying to win and you need all the draft capital. Can can you understand how this is just like massive mixed messaging right now? 
I have no idea. And I don't know how much face value I should really be putting into the report from, from Armando that uh, the Dolphins aren't going to trade for Clowney because the Dolphins are insistent that they keep all their draft capital so that they can trade up in the draft and draft either two or Justin Herbert in 2020. If that's the case, then what the hell are we doing with Josh Rosen on the roster? You know, if we've already made our mind up and married ourselves to 2020 quarterback, 2020 quarterback, 2020 quarterback, 2020 quarterback, and they'll like that is the front office's focus, then you should have taken that second round pick this year and traded it to someone else for something else, or you should have traded it again for future 2020 picks. Don't cash in the lottery ticket and then go out and like triple down on additional lottery tickets when you could be using some of this capital to improve your roster. And the Trent Williams one is weird too. The Dolphins calling Washington about Trent Williams being potentially available via trade, uh, as reported by Jenna Lane of ESPN, who uh, does phenomenal work. She covers the Bucks predominantly, but the Dolphins are in town for joint practices with Tampa Bay this week. Jenna says, you know, the source tells me, with the Dolphins here in town, that the Dolphins were one of the teams who called Washington about Trent Williams for potential trade. Laramie Tunsil is literally the only good offensive lineman on this roster. And the Dolphins want to trade. The Dolphins have any kind of inkling that they might like to trade, I should say. For a 31-year-old pro bowler, who has missed 16 games over the last five years, has not played a full 16-game season since 2013, and plays the same exact position as literally the only good offensive lineman you have on your roster. How do these puzzle pieces fit together? What's that trade market look like? What, what are you calling hoping for a response is going to be from Washington? Is it a player for player? Is it a pick for player? How low of a pick are you expecting if you're calling Washington about 31-year-old left tackle? What are you going to do with Laramie Tunsil? You could take Trent Williams, put him on the right-hand side. You could put uh, Laramie Tunsil at left guard. It's, I, I appreciate the Dolphins calling and doing their due diligence. I really do. I think that that's the responsible thing to do because if you can get a, get a guy for pennies on the dollar, you got to make a move. It's such a sensible thing to do when you need so much help. And the Dolphins' offensive line, let's be honest, it needs all the help it can get these days. We'll talk about that a little bit when we cover uh, the Bucs practice. But I'm 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 having a very hard time kind of grasping the master plan. What is the master plan? Because the master plan could be one of two things based on what we're seeing thus far. Nothing else matters besides quarterback, so keep throwing stuff at the wall until something sticks. Or you can build your roster with highly economic investments that give you a much greater chance of of a successful return on investment while still weaponizing compensatory picks and, and prioritizing draft capital. If the Dolphins choose not to invest in Jadavion Clowney, or pursue a trade with Jadavion Clowney. When Clowney can walk after this year, because like Clowney hasn't signed his franchise tender, right? So first of all, you have to trade for him. Then he has to sign his franchise tender, and you can't extend him until after the season. 
And there's no guarantee that Clowney would extend. So the Dolphins choose not to pursue that route. And their motivation in doing so is because they need that late second round pick. And anything higher than that, like, I just say, okay, well, we're not going to see eye to eye on this. You know, best of luck trading Jadavion somewhere else. So I don't know what that component of it looks like. But if the Dolphins are going to jump out because it would require at least a second round pick to get the job done, that tells me their thought process is not we need to get solid investments and economic investments that can help build out this roster because Clowney's like 26. He's a former first overall pick in the draft. He had two knee issues his first two years in the league. He's had like 29 and a half sacks over the last three seasons, and he's a phenomenal run defender. He'd be such a great schematic fit for the Dolphins. I know that might be surprising people think about Clowney and they, they know his size and explosiveness and a guy off the edge. Houston rushed Clowney inside. Houston put Clowney hand in the dirt for eye at times and played the run. And Clowney's a better run defender than he is a pass rusher still. And he's a good pass rusher. He's a great run defender. He's so explosive. You can move him all over the place for Miami's kind of amoeba type fronts. Uh, speed pack. If you want to go three man front, and you got Wilkins on the nose, Clowney at one of the ends, and I don't really care who you put on the other side. And then you could bring a guy like Jerome Baker off the edge. My goodness, like that, Clowney would be such an attractive fit for the Dolphins defensively. And if it would take a second round pick, especially the Saints' second round pick, and say a 2021 fourth or third, you're not doing that? Because guess what? If Clowney walks after the year and signs a massive contract and you're a team that is committed to not investing a lot in free agency, you're going to get a third round pick back in comp picks anyway. So you're going to take a second, a late, t- a late two, and you're going to send it to Houston for Clowney. And Clowney, worst case scenario, plays the year for you and then walks. A year later, you get a three back. So if you've traded back a round and a half, not even. If if it's the late two, the comp picks come in at the end of the third. You're trading back a round and financing it for 12 months. That's that's like what the New England Patriots do when they trade. Uh, They find an economic trade for Trent Brown, and Trent Brown plays left tackle for them, and they win the Super Bowl, and then Trent Brown leaves. Signs a big contract with the Raiders. Guess what? The Patriots are going to get a third-round pick for having Trent Williams or Trent Brown on the roster for one year last year. 2020, they're going to have a third-round pick for having Trent Williams or Trent Brown on the roster for one year. So you you get the chance to mitigate your risk with a proposition like this. But if the Dolphins say, no, we need that second round pick because we want to trade up for Tua Tagovailoa or or Justin Herbert, then you don't really have a plan anymore. Your, Your roster construction plan is we need to throw everything we have at quarterback until something sticks because nothing else matters. I'm not overly excited about that proposition, are you? That's not a plan. That's not a vision for a team. That's just, hey, you know, we neglected quarterback for seven years when Ryan Tannehill was here. Probably shouldn't have had to bring in Jay Cutler. Probably shouldn't have signed Brock Osweiler to be the backup. Probably shouldn't have just sat on Matt Moore being like, 
If you watch Blue Mountain State, the Alex Moran of the Miami Dolphins, who gets called into action every once in a while, but like by and large is perfectly content with his lot in life as a backup quarterback. That's great that you have the awareness that you know we've mishandled this position, the most important position in sports we've mishandled for almost a decade. Let's make it two decades since Dan retired. But that's not a plan for your team. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor for the show. Football season is here, people, and it's time to start placing your bets for NFL and college football. Blue Wire is teaming up with sports information traders and the legend John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors. So our listeners are given the chance to make more money on football this season than ever before. Go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue and get the college football and NFL futures plays that make up to 15 times your money for only a $99 investment. Last year, sports information traders correctly predicted the Clemson Tigers to win the college football uh, championship, making one client alone $110,000. The year before that, Kurt Presley of Sports Information Traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. John Price and the Sports Information Traders team can guide you to the best ways to make money on futures bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all of that for just $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. Sports Information Traders has been featured on ESPN, Gambling911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many more. John Price has successfully made sports money sports betting on sports for over 20 years. Make a big return for a small investment with Sports Information Traders Future Picks. Get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, make sure you go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to have your chance at a 15 times return this football betting season. Let's shift our eyes somewhere else. I feel like I've done a sufficient job of getting on the soapbox and expressing my confusion. I posed this question on Twitter earlier today. I said, you know, if if your plan was always married to a 2020 quarterback, then why did you waste the time with Josh Rosen? That's not to say I disagree with the Josh Rosen move. I think the Josh Rosen move was a brilliant move. I've said that before on this podcast. But when the Josh Rosen move comes with the handcuff of let's not bring any other smart investments onto this roster because we need all the draft capital we can get to trade up for a quarterback in 2020, then you've wasted your time because guess what? Josh Rosen might get you a better record, which means you're going to have to have further up to trade. So you've not only used the second round pick on Josh Rosen to bring him in, you're costing yourself more capital in trade up by winning more football games. So if your plan all along was 2020 quarterback or bust, if if that is legitimately your only solution to fixing this football team, then you should not have brought in Josh Rosen. I agree with the move for Josh Rosen, but the thought process, as it was reported by Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald, has me concerned. You know what else has me concerned? This Miami Dolphins offensive line is a problem. <laughs> they went northwest about uh, a few hours and uh, had practice yesterday, and they're doing so again today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucks kicked Miami's butt along the offensive line. 
You're staying in tune with the reports from practice and the play-by-play breakdowns. And it's sack. Fitzpatrick, sack. Rosen holds the ball a little too long. Would have been a sack. False start. Another sack. Like, the the Bucks must have had 30 freaking sacks at practice yesterday. It's not a literal number. It's just for exaggeration. But that much pressure for a team that does not have Vita Vey available right now, and their outside pass rushers are Carl Nassip and Noah Spence and Shaq Barrett. I don't want to sell Shaq Barrett short. He's a very good pass rusher. You should be concerned. You should be petrified because praying this problem away is only going to take you so far. And that's what Brian Flores effectively said when he made the change with Pat Flaherty. Well, Dave DiGuglielmo's had control of of this uh, team since, I believe, the last day in July, right? It was after four four practices and two padded practices, the Dolphins gave Pat Flaherty the boot. It's not getting any better. It's, It's a very big problem, and it's something that the Dolphins are going to have to address with the 53-man cuts uh, for every other team. They need to scour every other team in the NFL because if they want to be a competitive football team and they want to really know for sure what they need to do with the quarterback position, you cannot bring Josh Rosen out behind this starting five. Laramie Tunzel, great football player. Michael Dieter, I think, has a ton of promise. I liked him a lot but he struggled at left guard so far against the Dolphins defensive lineman. And he got his butt kicked by Indana Kutsu when they went against him, just like Shaq Calhoun did, who's currently projected as the starting right guard. So you got a third round pick at left guard and you got a UDFA rookie at right guard. Daniel Kilgore in the middle, I think is an average starting center. You can work with that. And Jesse Davis at right tackle who the Dolphins really like. I'm not sold on him. I think he's a perfect swing tackle. Sixth offensive lineman. He's got inside-outside flexibility. He can go right or left side. But you, I don't think you can commit to Jesse Davis being the long-term starter on the right-hand side of your offensive line. I don't think you can do it. So the Dolphins need upgrades at a minimum of two spots. If not three, depending on what happens with Michael Dieter in the long term or what happens with Daniel Kilgore. If they want to keep him there as a, uh, a average starting center. They're going to get they're going to get their quarterbacks killed this year. Uh somebody put out a stat, uh, I think it was ESPN, they were using it in course with Pro Football Focus looking at uh win percentage on pass rushes uh when the ball's out in in Less than two and a half seconds. Uh, so, so really just comes down to you're eliminating the plays in which the quarterback is holding the ball in the pocket and a lot of deep sets so that it's just at a raw level. Can your offensive line block for two and a half seconds? The Arizona Cardinals were the worst team in football last year in blocking in two and a half seconds or less. And the Miami Dolphins were literally right in front of them. Second worst team in football. Now, the good news, Kilgore's back from injury. Uh, Jawan James 
for as good of a run blocker as he was, I'm sorry, he was not a great pass blocker. So I think you might be able to, you're not going to break even, but you'll get close to breaking even with Jesse Davis at right tackle versus what Juwan James gave you. And it's going to be for like $9.5 million less a year. So sign me up as a fan of that move. Shaq Calhoun, Michael Dieter, little baptism by fire. The consistent theme here is these guys are guards. And the guards are the bridge between, on both sides of the line, a good player or an average player. So you got good, questionable, average, questionable, okay. You can't have that many gaps. You got to isolate the liability for your offensive line. And the Dolphins have not done that because they've got questions at both guard spots. They got to pick over the guards because they cannot bring this offensive line out there and just hope and pray that it gets better. Well, they're young. Let's let them figure it out. Well, no, because Josh, you need to figure out Josh Rosen. And if Josh Rosen goes out there and gets his head taken off, then it's going to be full steam ahead for a 2020 quarterback. And listen, I'm all for a quarterback competition and continuing to, to push Josh Rosen. And it's just going to hurt a lot if Josh Rosen ends up being really good and you still invest all this extra capital. Because to trade up, if this team wins six or seven games again this year, to trade up into the top three, presumably with whether it's the Giants, the Cardinals, realistic trade partners for Miami because they're teams that just invested in a quarterback. To get up into the top three to draft either two or Justin Herbert, I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give up your one, which if Miami wins six or seven games, you're again talking ten to yeah. Eight to fifteen. Let's let's call it conservative. You're going to be picking between eight and fifteen. You're going to have to give up your one. You're going to have to give up both your twos. So what would end up being forty between forty and forty five overall, and the Saints pick. You're going to have to give up your one next year. So this is really going to take a lot of capital away from the Dolphins if this is the play. If that's the way that they choose to do it. I'd almost rather them give Rosen two years and like go get Jadavion Clowney and, and sign Brandon Scherf in free agency. And like, if it still doesn't work, then great. Let's go get Trevor Lawrence. You know, there's, there's going to be talented quarterbacks in 2021 as well, but by bringing Josh Rosen into the fray, they've almost put themselves in this situation where they're going to, Spend excess at the quarterback position, which brings me again back to what is the plan? Is the plan just throw stuff at the wall? Or is there more substance to it? And if there's more substance to it, then I think this team really significantly needs to consider some moves to make before the start of the season. Give themselves the best opportunity to make the best decisions as possible. Even if it means you have to part with some of your assets sooner than you might prefer so that you don't have to break the glass in case of emergency and jump up and get a guy. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. This was a fun chat, kind of getting some frustration off regarding the, the Dolphins and their plan and what it actually looks like. 
make sure you come back again next week. Uh, visit dolphinswire.usatoday.com. We give uh, daily breakdowns on the practices and the preseason games. And there's so much happening right now. And I, I initially wanted to talk about the Falcons, but this last 36 hours, uh, this bubbling up of the the Trent Williams rumors and the Clowney rumors and and how conflicting the messaging is between where the Dolphins started, where the Dolphins are now, and what the thought process is as to why they may or may not make certain moves. It's it's something to monitor and look at closely. Really see what this team does between now and the start of the season, and it will give you tell you everything you need to know. If this team stands pat. The solution is 2020 quarterback or bust. No questions asked. It's Kyle Krabs. I'm at Grinding the Tape on Twitter. Thanks for tuning in to Fin It to Win It. Come back and see us again next week. And make sure you check out some of the other podcasts that the Blue Wire Network has to offer. we got a great family, uh, football, basketball, you name it. we got reps for all of your favorite teams. Uh, so search Blue Wire on your favorite podcasting app and uh, see what the, see what it comes up with. Maybe kind of journey down that rabbit hole and, and add something new to your rotation. Talk to you guys again next week.